Hey everyone, I have a really special, um, in my mind, um, episode today um, that I think is tackling um, some of the things that I went through, but also um, hopefully <clears throat> gathering and giving some real life experiences mixed with tools to help you if you are not necessarily the person who um, was in a narcissistic abuse relationship, but you are the support system for someone who is a survivor of this abuse. Um, no matter what stage you are at, um, whether it's your partner or um, you're a parent or a sibling um, or you know just a very close friend, um, being a support system is is detrimental and crucial to helping those that that really have been dealing with something that's debilitating and isolating. Um, so I did reach out to my sister. I had a couple requests um, for um, more on this topic um, and going forward in future episodes, if there's other things that you would um, want to know about more specifics um you know we could even dive into those um but i am bringing my sister on today i'm really excited that we're able to um find the time uh, with our busy lives to set aside to to um have this conversation um because <clears throat> usually it's just i call her and it's impromptu and i'm not set up with any kind of way to record anything you know um so, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, before I do that, I do want to give you a quick update um, on a couple things. Um, court for me being one of them. Um, we had court. Um, I think the last recording last week, I wasn't sure if she was going to have a lawyer or not, if she was going to be representing herself, what the situation was going to be. Um, it's kind of fortunately and unfortunately, she, she did end up having a lawyer, um, <clears throat> but I didn't know, we didn't know that she had a lawyer and the lawyer was not divulged to us until the day of court, um, that morning, um, when court was at 2 PM. So her attorney had not been given the files from her previous attorney. Um, so her new attorney knew nothing really about the case to speak of. Um, or the file history or what had been gone over, what hadn't been gone over um, in court. Um, so um, the, the court session was pretty much just another delay in the process. Um, nothing really got decided. Nothing really came forward. I guess my attorney did speak with her attorney um, on a phone call, on a phone conversation before um, court and, um, you know, had discussed that I am going to be moving. I am going to be moving into my partner's home, into her upper, um, and that her lawyer, um, basically he said that, you know, I, I need to start introducing the kids. Um, it's time to start transitioning and introducing the kids to my partner um, as it shouldn't be, hey, we're moving out of our house. Here's your new home, blah, blah, blah. So... Um, yeah, so basically, um, her lawyer agreed with that. The child attorneys 
the children's attorney has also already agreed with that, that um, being the route to go so that the kids don't feel overwhelmed when moving. So um, yeah, those are, those are pretty much the only advancements, but there isn't still anything set in stone. I don't think that she knows. Um, I don't know if her lawyer has spoken with her about that particular part of the case. Um, I haven't heard anything from her, um, which would be surprising to me if, if she knew what was going on, um, because she has been kind of preaching this dialogue to me of don't bring anyone around the kids every time I, I pick them up, although she's doing whatever the hell she wants, maskless and everything, not being vaccinated. Um, with her events and outings that she goes on when she's not with the kids. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. It is what it is. But basically, not really a lot has been accomplished. We don't have another hearing until the 27th, which is really frustrating because I've got to be out of this house by the 30th um, with no real direction as to who's taking what, what's going where. Um, and it's just been another delay in the process. So I'm going to have to go ahead and take a proactive approach here and just start taking stuff out of the house and moving on my own. <clears throat> There's not really other another choice here but to just take everything um, that's left at this point. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, I also wanted to give you an update um, on Matt. Um, we've been following with him. He's been emailing me, keeping me updated as to what's going on. Um, so I wanted to give you a quick update about what he has going for him in his case. Okay, I found it. So 13 days ago. <clears throat> Apologize about that. Um, adequate cause was granted on my end yesterday. The ex was caught lying to the judge from the start when he tried to get the hearing continued by demanding the court um, Chinese interpreter be replaced for not knowing Mandarin and being inexperienced. The judge asked the interpreter his qualifications, which were ex excellent. So my ex doubled down, alleging the interpreter spoke traditional Mandarin and my ex spoke simplified Mandarin. The problem is that there is a traditional and simplified writing, not in speaking, which the interpreter explained to the judge. Then my ex spoke English and never used the interpreter while also claiming his argument that he does not speak and understand English well. Astounding. <laughs> All before oral arguments, which easily highlighted the judge likely that my ex was lying, which he was in his pleadings and oral. The attached picture um, from the order, look at number five, the judge put that episode in the order. My attorney said it is unlikely my ex made any friends in court yesterday. <clears throat> the next trial date is uh, trial dates and in, in not until next year for that. Um, next, my attorney will be filing temporary orders to change the schedule, change child support, appointing the appoint the GAL, um, which the judge said was appropriate in the hearing and have the GAL oversee psych evaluations of my ex until a final order is issued as late as the trial. The hearing will likely be prior to my ex's annual vacation with the boys that starts um, September 20th, which would set residential schedule to significantly change on September 
27th after my ex's vacation period ends. <clears throat> also, my ex's crazy child support request set to come down late this week will likely be denied or rolled into my motion being there is adequate cause to significantly reduce my ex's time with the boys. So, um, yeah, so that was that part. Um, <clears throat> so he also said sort of taking time, um, from my ex and that the current plan has them with my ex during the Monday through Friday, along with Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday overnight. But during the day, the boys are at ABA therapy and preschool. So seeing them only on the three overnights, basically, the change starting 927 is approved, <clears throat> if approved, would be that my ex has the boys Wednesday, 3 to 7 p.m. and every other weekend, which actually is more time with the boys then they are not um, with the boys, being that they are not scheduled as much on the weekend as they are during the week. But reduced his overnight significantly from 12 every four weeks to, to four. So um, after that happened, three days later, <clears throat> Matt messaged me and he said, oh my God, yesterday was crazy on steroids. The result of um, is my attorney seeking a restraining order this morning to restrict my ex to four hours professionally supervised visitation a week. The short-ish version, last Friday, my son scraped his forehead um, when falling at preschool. He was fine, just a Band-Aid. <clears throat> I missed the incident report from the provider um, Friday in the APP we used, um, the app, <clears throat> but was not concerned. Monday, his teacher um, sent me a screenshot of the report, which was fine after she heard I had asked what happened. Monday, as you know, adequate cause was found that my ex is a detriment to the boys in his care. Tuesday morning, my ex asks me <clears throat> what happened to my child Friday, um, which I thought was odd. I replied with what I told you here and that I think he also was notified by the provider yesterday. Um, so at this point, this was, you know, 11 days ago. Um, the preschool owner sends me an email asking about the incident and if there was a problem. Very confused. I answer again that it was not a big deal and asked where in the future that I can find incident reports in the app. Minutes later, she replies with directions, tells me that my ex has been threatening her her family, her staff, and the school again. A termination letter is coming, ending services for the boys in two weeks, and that she notified her lawyer and um, Washington Families and Child Services licensor. The letter comes laying out serious fear for safety um, with my ex for them and my sons with details as to why. Apparently, my ex claimed the provider worked with our parent coordinator to help me take custody from them, from him. Obviously not true. When the owner defended herself, the threats started, including at her office in person. Then my ex claimed our sons were at risk because of the incident report confusion. All he needed was a Band-Aid, which was easily ironed out. <clears throat> my ex responded that the owner was lying 
and the boys needed to stay with the provider. The owner replied back, asking my ex to stop harassing her. My attorney reads the letter and starts drafting the documents for the restraining order, but we also had a hearing for the crazy child support petition from my ex at 1.30 p.m. The hearing starts um, with the judge asking, why are we even here today? My petition was denied. My ex's petition was denied, and I was awarded legal fees of $4,700 because the petition was not based on fact or law. My ex handled adequate cause so well. What about receiving a letter that outlines safety concerns about the boys with him, reinforcing adequate cause, losing child support, and owing me nearly 5K? No idea, but I have an incredible fear because he has the boys overnight tonight. I will see the boys later this morning. The plan of my ex having the boys every other weekend is gone. Nearly full custody is where we are now. We must have a hearing within 14 to 28 days to discuss the restraining order after granted. After it's granted, my attorney will ask and likely will get to keep all in place until a psych evaluation is completed. The appointed GAL completes an investigation and GAL reports to the court based on her investigation and the psych evaluation. Starting today, the boys will live with me full stop. My ex is not allowed to come where we are, no contact. Our parent coordinator started her vacation Monday and returns after Labor Day. Um, that this all happened with her on vacation is not a coincidence. Um, then he asks, have you heard of nar uh, the term narcissistic injury? It is where the narcissist's false sense of self is wounded, which can lead to rage. Um, the violent outburst, which your ex with your ex comes to mind. Yes. Yeah. She's definitely, um, had some narcissistic injury, Matt, <laughs> many, many times. Um, and it seems like yours definitely has too. My ex has had that happen three times in the past four days, um, with another one coming restraining order. The first one adequate cause led to the rage that caused the second one daycare termination letter. Third being the petition denial and owing me substantial money. I feel like my life has become a screenplay for a movie of the week. I am okay, in shock still some, but okay. Um, we'll feel relief when I see my boys later. <sighs> that is crazy. That really is wild um, what's happening there. Um, so, and then um, the final update so far. Um, Let's see. In the craziness of the last week, three hearings was the one last Thursday on my ex's crazy petition to modify child support. The judge state started off saying that I am sure why we are here today. I'm not sure why we are here today. Um, let's see. Um, We've gone back and forth a couple times on, on emails. Okay, here it is. Um, Friday, a judge approved my restraining order. Um, so this was um, basically a few days ago. Um, through a return hearing extended to October 5th. So his ex is now only allowed four hours a week of professional supervised visitation at his cost. 
the judge was very concerned. Usually a return hearing is within 14 days, not five weeks. And the judge approved without the ex attending for fear of harming the boys. So far, my ex has been silent as ordered. So Matt is clearly winning. Um, <laughs> his narcissist is, is definitely showing his true colors. Um, this was a little bit longer of, a, of an introduction here that I wanted, but um, I definitely wanted to give an update on Matt. And Matt, you're amazing. Um, thank you so much for keeping me in the loop. I really appreciate, I really appreciate it. Um, and um, it sounds like he's on the right side of where he should be throughout this whole process. So um, without further, further interruption um, or updates, I think I'm good there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my conversation with my, my sister, Ginger. Um, and I hope you all enjoy and can find pieces to take away from this, um, whether it be through finding your support, knowing what to expect from your support, um, you know, or even um, being the support, most importantly, um, in this podcast um, episode. So thank you guys so much. Ah. Whoa, that was loud. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that? Was it as loud on your end as it was on mine? No, she was pretty aggressive. She screamed at me. <laughs> Recording in progress. Yeah. How are you? Look at that setup. What? Are you are you at your house? You yeah, oh my gosh. My fitness studio for my personal training clients. That's ridiculous. Wall of mirrors. I don't want the mirrors. I don't want the mirrors in my face. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah, that back. I like the. I like the wall. Thanks. I've been looking at walls like that because yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, oh. All right, fine. Yeah, we'll give him credit. credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting on my stability ball. Oh, perfect. So if I bounce around, you'll know why. Yeah, as long as as long as uh, as long as I can hear you, I'm good. Yeah. So I I don't know. I guess I guess I've had a lot of people asking about you <laughs> and wanting advice for their family members. You know, there was, um, you know, one person in particular that reached out to me asking about um, either you know having you on or my parents on, and I was like. <laughs> yeah well <laughs> we'll start with my sister. we'll start with my sister because she was definitely more of a support system during during like when I really needed it emotionally and everything else so um yeah I don't I don't know I don't know if you want your name to be told um fine. if I you mean, maybe not my last name I don't know I kind of doubt people are gonna hunt me down but no I don't think so <laughs> I don't I don't think it's gonna matter um hopefully court is going to be coming to an end sooner than later and none of this will, you know, <laughs> and I won't have to feel as worried about um, my name being out there if she happens to find anything anyway. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I always have a hard time knowing where to start Yeah. with these things. But I mean, I guess if you want to, from your perspective, um, bring me back to when you found out what was going on with me, mm. you know, and what you were feeling and what you were thinking and, and the way you started to um, kind of piece together what was going on uh, because you did have communication with the <laughs> ex. Yeah. 
um, you know, and you were trying to kind of play at first peacemaker between us to try to figure out how you can help our relationship before you really fully like, (laughs) we're like, oh shit, (laughs) this is what's Mm -hmm. going on. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's hard for me too. I was trying to think through this, like what's going to be really relevant to your audience was what I was thinking. But, and that's kind of hard because there's, you know, I know that every relationship is unique, you know, and so I can talk about history with us and how it evolved for you and the specifics, just it's our story. Um, there may be some crossover. I don't know if all of it will be relevant to your audience or not, but, um, you know, we can talk about that, you know, going back, you know, thank God it's been so long now it's harder to access in my mind, which for a long time, you know, I didn't think it would be. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of nice actually, but yeah, in the beginning, it was, I was trying to save your marriage. Um, yeah. And that was the goal in the beginning. And, you know, the history, what makes this different, maybe different from other people listening, I'm not sure, is is that we had a family history before. Um, I mean, everybody has a family history, but our family history specifically was, there was uh, some estrangement, you know, between us and, um you know, so I didn't really know, I didn't know much about who you were at that time. You know, the last PJ I knew was, or Philip, whatever, sorry, your audience knows you as. Um, the last one I knew was obviously like high school. And so here you are years later, we hadn't really talked a whole lot. I've seen glimpses of your life. I actually talked to Nicole. Oh, wait, am I allowed to say her name? No, sorry. we'll pause for three seconds. Out. We'll pause for three seconds and then say it again. <laughs> Okay. Okay, go. So I actually had talked to your ex more than um, than I had been talking with you through the years as adults. So I was definitely getting more of her perspective. So maybe for your audience members, they aren't in the boat where they're having more of a relationship, you know, with with the narcissist than they are. Um, the non-narcissist, but for us, it was, we were, we were kind of bonding with her and she was, it was working with us and, and with distance between us too. We had so much distance that that was obviously also much harder to see what was really going on. Now I will say there was a pivotal point whenever we all um, hung out at, uh, I won't say her name because she may not want it, but when we were all meeting at our my little sister, your big sister's house in Denver together. Yes. Yeah. Hanging out. And that was the most time we'd had as adults together and seeing the dynamics between you and your ex. That was super weird. Um, that, uh, our other sister and I had a lot of conversations about that after that trip about what we saw and the way that she uh, spoke with you and spoke to you in front of us and berated you and stripped you, like attacked your masculinity and manhood um, in really public ways was kind of weird. And she would kind of go over the top and we probably would have had an even bigger reaction um, except that we were probably still nursing our own hurts feeling like you had left us. Um, so we probably, 
didn't see even then as much as we should have. But even then, even with our, you know, hurts that we had with you and we were frustrated with the way that, um, you know, you'd kind of exited our lives for a while. Um, I think some of that was still unresolved for us. So we probably, there were some of us wanting to sympathize with your ex. We were, um, and she was preying on that. You know, that's what she was preying on. She knew that she knew our family history and she knew that we had unresolved hurts. And so I think that she knew she could get away with a lot of that with us. And so it wasn't, we were wanting to believe negative things about you um, in a sense to justify our hurts. So not that we had full agreement with her, but at the same time, there was a, we were sort of um, enjoying a camaraderie with her feeling like, oh, we have a new sister and yep, see, we must've been right, you know, about the hurt that we had. And, but then when we saw her doing things, the way she treated you, it was definitely like, wow, what the heck, that's kind of over the top, you know, that seemed pretty unnecessary. And, and then we started trying to figure out, is he like, is he, um, is he a functioning alcoholic or like, what's going on? Cause he just, you were so checked out you know, and I just couldn't, we were both kind of like, why I'm kind of shocked PJ's putting up with that. You know, I don't really understand. Is he mad? Is he even mad? He doesn't seem mad. He just seems empty. He seems, um, yeah, just kind of empty. And, and so we were trying to figure out where's the real problem here. Was it, you know, your ex is mad because is she justifiably mad because you've checked out and she needs you to plug in? And, and for us, I think that's what we thought it was for a long time because we felt like you checked out of our life. So that was the believable narrative for us. Like, yeah, yeah. PJ checks out when it gets hard, you know, or when he doesn't like how it's going, he checks out, he exits, he does his version of checking out of the relationship. And of course that pisses you off, you know? So then you're the person feeling deprived and your, your spouse is checked out, you're going to get aggravated and you're going to probably go over the top of some of your reactions to make up for that. And that was what we sort of like tried to reason through, but then we were still just like, dude, it's weird though, that she's stripping it. Like at the same time, how is he ever going to plug in with the way she talks to him? Like that's never going to work. Um, it's just going from bad to worse and this is weird. So, um, yeah, that was kind of the first time we started to kind of just question it a little bit more. And, and she had kind of finally said some things to us too, directly about our lives that we were like, Whoa, okay. That's not the lovingness that you preach, you know? Um, but whatever, we were on different pages spiritually and everything else. So we were trying not to let that get in the way of the relationship. So whatever you guys had boys, we wanted to support you and we wanted your marriage to work. And, and then whenever, gosh, when was it? I guess it was whenever I called you for your birthday. Is that right? I believe so. I, I know we called each other for some reason. Um, either you called me, did you call me? I did. I think I called you. Yeah. And I, I think may, and I don't really know. Cause like you said, I mean, we hadn't really been doing that necessarily maybe it's right or something through the years yeah but, yeah and I had been um talking with your ex obviously through the years I had a, probably I'm trying to remember but I feel like I've probably had some good uh what I thought were heart-to-heart 
conversations on the phone with her maybe a few times mm -hmm. that could have been what tipped me off to call you that year for your birthday. Yeah. I knew that things weren't great. I knew y'all were struggling and I was really concerned. Um, and you were more open to us than what you had been for, for a while. So that's when I called you and I was like, you know, instead of a text, um, I'm just going to call him for his birthday. If he feels like talking, he'll talk. If he doesn't, he won't. Yeah. Um, but at least he'll know we care. And I wanted your side of things because I only had hers. Right. So, um, yeah, so we talked. It was, yeah. And then, yeah, for whatever reason, you, the timing was right. You decided to, to kind of start opening up. I feel like you called me back. Like, I feel like we got off and then you called me back. I was, at, really I was at work. I was at work. And then I think I was just, at that point, I was so lost and isolated and down and out that I was just, I was terrified of her. I was to a point to where I had, you know, spoken to a couple of close friends at that point to where it was basically like, I feel like this person could kill me in my sleep. I feel like this person could legitimately murder me. And if that happens, you need to know to tell the authorities that it was her. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, um, and of course, I don't think you even expressed that much to me. Like, no, definitely. No, I think so at that at that point, I, I I did break down crying when I talked yeah. to you. What, what um, was so interesting is you were owning most of it. Like you weren't even like pointing fingers at her. You weren't yeah. trying to paint her as the bad guy. You weren't demonizing her necessarily. You were like, I'm just lost. You know, I think like I was I, I think I was just scared and I was yeah. lost. And um, I knew that you guys had been developing a relationship and I was absolutely terrified mm -hmm. that if any of this information got back to her, it was gonna come back to me. Yeah. Um, any I, I had basically been trained to not speak negatively of her, yeah. you know, and and I think that there was just this constant theme for her even when she was in the wrong with situations with other people, that was just kind of like, you never stick up for me. You always defend, you always defend them. You always like when mom and dad came to town and um, dad had an argument with her when she was, you know, we, we had just had our first child and her and dad got into a big argument. And then I was trying to explain to her how my dad is. And she's just like, you never defend me. Why are you never defending me? You're always defending um, your family, or you're always defending your friends. Like it, and it's kind of like, I, I think I'm just opening up a dialogue, you know? So I just got used to like mm -hmm. never putting myself in a situation to where it would turn around to just be me being ridiculed more because I didn't feel like I could handle that anymore. Well, um, and to be fair, probably if you had come at, if you had come at it, targeting her in the same way she was targeting you, um, it probably, I don't know. I think it would have been worse as far as me getting a, you know, better picture and being more open-minded towards your side of things. It probably mm. would have shut that down because she did have the jump on you and yeah. she was preying on unhealed hurts in us, um, towards you. Those were still open wounds. Um, and we weren't that super connected. And so it probably was, if you had come out guns a blazing, I mean, she, she had the sympathy story, right? I mean, number one, I identified with her as a female um, and the, the dad abandonment, who wants to beat, you know, beat up a kid who's got abandonment issues, you know, and she's a female and, and then like sexual abuse history that she, you know, 
I mean, who will ever know exactly what's true and what isn't with all of that with her? Which but, is hard, which is hard to say, but yeah. yeah I, I, but with I me mean, being a sexual abuse survivor as well, I mean, right. I, okay, I was team your ex and uh, <laughs> golly, that's so hard. Okay. Um, but I was, yeah, I was, I was team female probably. Um, right. And that was also too in the middle of, um, I mean, let's just say we're, we're also influenced by culture and current events and that was me too movement going on she was she was on top of all of that oh my gosh and and so obviously you would no one wants to you want to sympathize with that and so I'm thinking you know I'm taking up the plight of the female plight against it so it was more than just y'all yeah we're influenced by all those things so she's good with power words she was good with knowing people's hurts and pains and she was good at recognizing those and um at least fake sympathizing with those um and then really giving her sad story to kind of correlate to really bond through traumas and then you know the power words specifically yeah um but then when you two would bond on the back end she would say things to me like you know, your sisters like me better than they like right. you. You, you yes. never. And of course, you, we never had a clue she would say anything like that. It absolutely right. wasn't true. Right. And and I think at one point, um, she was said to me, "If if you know, what did she say? If you if she was talking to you, and she said, well, Ginger said that I could go stay with her. If we ever separated, I could go live with her and her family.' Oh." You know, I'm not going to say that was a lie. It's possible there was some kind of a, I think that the context was different, but I think it was one of those things of like, you know, I, I definitely believed, um, I can't remember what all was said at that particular time, but whatever it was, I definitely did think if you were a threat to them in some way, which right. I can't remember if she ever actually came out and said that you were abusive. She probably did. Um, or that somehow she, she definitely made us believe that she was in some way afraid of you or um, you weren't taking care of them and all this kind of stuff. And so it, de- and her big fear was being left out in the cold with two boys she couldn't support and all this kind of stuff. So it was kind of like the classic, that's a setup, right? I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the bait for me to say, well, my gosh, before you're left out in the cold, you always have a place here. Y'all are family. Like, of course we would help you if it came to that, something like that. Right. And then she's going to run to you and be like, like, I just, like invited her and exactly her to come like no that's not how yeah. it happened no yeah and, and I know that and I and I know that wholeheartedly but that's kind of you know what she would do yeah. so sorry you want to pause no <laughs> sorry nothing yet son wants to make plans okay oh. um so yeah so then um and then the more I talk to you it, what was good about it is what was helpful for me and all that. Like I say, if you had come out and just when we started talking, if you had just started um, talking about her in the way she talked about you, I, I would have been slower to come around and trust you probably. And um, but because you were careful and you were genuinely like, I watched you and heard you asking questions of yourself. You know, I could tell that you were truly lost. And yeah. You weren't. I, I was. I was manic. I, I was. I was confused on who I was. Like confused on my history. Like I had been gaslit yeah. so much that yeah. I had. I was like legitimately losing myself. 
Like, yeah, I, that was really obvious. It was weird. Um, and I thought this doesn't sound like a guy that's abusing yeah. her, you know, this doesn't sound like a guy with an agenda or, um, being calculating in the fact that you were power hungry over her and the boys. And that was really obvious. So I, I, yeah, that's when I was like, okay, wow, something weird is going on here. Maybe it's just toxic cycle of communication and, yeah. you know, she is, um, maybe she's an overreactor. Maybe she is just, I mean, she is a passionate person. And so that was easy for me to see that like, well, clearly her passion, um, it could be taking her too far you know, and her reactivity is causing you to shut down and you're shutting down is causing her to overreact. So I'm thinking these are communication marriage cycles that are just super toxic and yeah. we can fix this if y'all want to. And you seem like you wanted to, um, of course she would say she, she did and didn't, but I'm like, well, there's just a woman that's been pushed too far or whatever, you know? Um, but I feel like there was enough there that she wanted it back if she thought there was hope. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm the hope bringer, you know, I'm, I'm going to help restore hope and, and just see, um, where we can go with some conversations. You know, y'all were both seemed open. Um, so I just thought, well, gosh, maybe I'm here for this reason now, you know, we'll see. And so that's when it turned into a back and forth conversations with both of you. Um, I think maybe the more we talked, the safer you felt and the more you opened up, more you opened up and still, I mean, I could say the better part of that whole first year, we were talking so much. I was talking so much with her and so much with you. I mean, mm -hmm. hours and hours. And still that whole first year, I can look back and be like, you never, not one time did I ever see that you wanted to destroy her or that you wanted to defeat her or that this was a battle again. You never seemed to like, never. It was never throw, throw her under the bus or she's all at fault here. She's the bad guy. If it weren't for her, if she would just do this, you were always very introspective. It was very much like, what do I need to do? I mean, you, if anything, it was trying to keep you from doing all the self-blame, yeah. you know? And, um, and that, so obviously across time, it was like, that obviously started to show itself pretty clear when she was, you know, targeting you all the time and just, demonizing you and after several months of hours and hours that wasn't better um and for you you just kept working more and more on yourself and then i started to see to your own detriment that you being more plugged in was actually causing more harm to everything it was like you plugging back in for the relationship for our yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so i was like that's when i was like this is weird this is not a normal marriage problem situation <laughs> situation <Yeah. laughs> and and then of course you stick with her long enough obviously then i did catch her in some lies you know um then i did start to see and what helps so great with the luxury i have is being long distance yeah. Not everybody has that luxury with their loved ones. Um, so for your audience members, that's, that's a huge advantage and I feel kind of guilty about that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I had the advantage of distance and, yeah. um, that was helpful. So seeing her, it was a little, yeah, it's not like you have to, it's not like you have to worry about anybody showing up at your doorstep. Exactly. You taking know. you in, not you taking her in. I mean, that's exactly right. Um, yeah. there were some built-in boundaries there that I didn't have to worry about. So yeah. 
but it gave me too. I didn't see her. I wasn't so involved in y'all's lives that I could see her with her friends and, and all these other areas where she's so on it. And, you know, I wasn't distracted by that either. I was removed from all that. So I really could just see what was being said directly to me in phone calls and what wasn't lining up. And that started to jump out at me a lot more, you know? And so that was, um, then I, that was when I started to see, I'm like trying not to go into specific things that are too. I mean, I've said a lot of specific things on this show. So. Okay. I don't know if you said this, this was like when she started talking about the, the y'all sexual relationship, you know? So that was a part. Yeah. I think, I, I think that would be probably, I'm fine with that. I just did one over the okay. sexual side of, of how things started to get weird. And you that know. was probably, I mean, that one got my attention the most. That one. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. So what was going I the way, so she started that, um, you weren't, you weren't going to talk to me about all that, but, um, she started talking to me about that and she was, um, and of course what she shared with me is, oh gosh, I remember now, uh, you remember the friend, uh, she had that friend and this is when she girl? Was, girl. Yeah. So this is when she would start sharing with me about being, um, I don't remember how she put it, but you know, uh, attracted to females and wanting, oh, yeah. you know, sexual to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, what was she anyway, that I remember her opening up all of a sudden out of nowhere around that time and telling me that she was bisexual. And then yeah. I was like, well, this is news to me. And she was like, I've always been bisexual. <laughs> I'm like, but you're married to me. And she's like, yeah, that doesn't mean I can't be bisexual and sure. Yeah. But it's just, it was just, yeah, that could be the case. It just but seemed like, a little bit weird the way she was saying it. Like, right. And it came out of left field and it's like, exactly. we've been married for how long? And you're exactly. just now saying this. She's, and then she would yeah. try to gaslight me and be like, well, I've always been this way. I've always been yeah, more attracted then, to then females. Then she puts you in a position where you can't judge her. Like you're the jerk. If you're going to, if you're going to judge her for it, then now you're the problem because you're judging. And it's like, right. no, but things aren't adding up. Like I've known you and I've known you intimately. And like, really, this is, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And, and then so that's and, a fair question. Yeah. And then, and then it became more um, shaming towards yes. me, almost Fair. body shaming, because then it was just, you know, well, I find the female body way more beautiful than the male body the male body is disgusting the male like i mean it's it's gross this and that like the female body is just this beautiful vessel that's goddess-like and males are just gross you know so then it's just like i'm a, hey i'm here I'm a, I'm a man like sure i get it i agree but you know i <laughs> to a degree I, I agree but at the same time i like, think it's kind of gross too but <laughs> but to hear your wife say that and then talk about how beautiful women are and how disgusting men are as yeah. you're a man that's married to this woman is, is extremely hurtful. And I feel like, you know, intentionally hurtful. It, um, yes. And the more she talked about, the more, the shadier it got, right. You know, now all of a sudden this desire has a face and a name, her mm, friend, mm. you know, and I'm like, oh, that's convenient. You know, there's actually a person embodying this for you right now. And her struggle with that. But then all of a sudden she was, um, she would switch and be like, and PJ's accusing me of this with this girl. And it's so outlandish and it's so ridiculous. And I'm like, not that ridiculous based on what you just told me. Like, so I was like, right. those, I'm like, that story's not adding up. That's weird. And then now that you and I finally had developed 
a good communication flow again. So then you were telling me your side. Of course, she was telling me the whole rape stuff. You know, he he's raped me in my sleep. We have a history and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, because that's not what I'm hearing from him. And you were very open with me about things and comfortable talking with me. So I trusted what you were saying was your honest version of the story. Yeah. And I'm like, somebody's not telling the truth. <laughs> like, yeah. who's not telling the truth here? And the more I started thinking through that, I'm like, you know, well, whose motive seem who seems to be more motivated by taking the other one down? I think I think my motivation true. was trying to find my sanity. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that was obvious. And I think I think the only way to do that would be completely genuine and what I was feeling and what was said and what I said, even the negative things that I said about her, I was yes. still telling you. Yeah. You know, so when we yeah. did get an argument and if I felt that I did go overboard or say something I probably shouldn't have said, which uh -huh. was generally reactive abuse, yeah. um, but, but still what happened, um, I was still saying like, yeah, I did say this, like, yeah. I feel awful about it, but yeah, simultaneously, she said these 10 things to me that led up to me having that reaction, <laughs> but I still said it. Yeah. And I would take ownership for the things I said to where you would talk to her and it would be like, there was no ownership. Oh ever. yeah, totally. Yeah. Completely you know? different stories. Completely yeah. different. Um, like wildly can, different. <laughs> I mean, wildly different. And what was so obvious though, was her constant bashing of you and your character. And there was a clear desire on when, and talking with her, she clearly was, had a strong desire to punish you to see you hurt, to see you, you know, and she would, maybe she would say justice to be done, you know? Mm. Um, and then to talk to you, that never came through. You never wanted to see her hurt. You were never trying to take her down or just, you were still worrying about the way we saw her. You're like, I don't want you to, I remember even like a year into this where we were well past the point where I saw her for what she was at this point. And it, it would almost be like you would still be apologizing for saying, like presenting her. Like, oh, I don't want you to get the idea. Like, I'm like, why in the world are you still trying to protect her? That's when it like major, major, major obvious. Like at this point, it was so clear how abusive she was. And I'm like, and you're still trying to present her in a positive light. She never wanted to give you that. She never presented you in a positive light, never wanted us to think well of you. And you still always wanted to show her respect and wanted us to give her credit for being the mother of your boys and like all this kind of stuff. And so to me, it just became a real no brainer. Um, wow. She's like, and then, okay. So that at the same time that I had just come through, I will say I probably spotted it quicker than maybe some people would have um, definitely quicker than our other sisters did. And I think the reason being too is, was uh, two friends that I had just walked through divorces with narcissists and they were pretty severe narcissists. Now, of course, my friends were female. So seeing it being a female narcissist was, was a lot harder to identify, I would mm -hmm. say for sure. Yeah. There's um, definitely different mannerisms. For, oh yeah. For... Yeah. Yeah. And just the gender right away throws you, you're just going to view a female different, especially me being a female. I'm never going to start looking at her as the problem, I'm always going to probably start with you as the potential issue. Um, just, that's just the way we're conditioned. It seems to be, um, even though they say we're not conditioned that way, I think we still are. Um, and then whenever you watch your friends go through with 
horrible narcissistic man, men, one a surgeon and one a, a, an oral surgeon. So one was a plastic surgeon, one was an oral surgeon. Oh, I take that back, it was three. And the third one was a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, three narcissists. But then I started seeing um, what my current best friend was going through with what her ex-husband was doing to her. No, your ex was doing the exact same thing. Say almost the same words, the same Mm. tactics. And I was like, and she was saying things to me that he would say, um, you know, about my friend and things like that, the scenarios they were coming up with. And then and then the weird, what is it called? Uh, the hoovering, mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm watching my friend Jessica go through, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm like, okay, she's like, I knew she had mental illness too. Like she's, that's a proud badge of honor for her. So that didn't take much like looking like, okay, I think she has borderline personality disorder. Um, Your friend? well, my friend's ex-husband did. And so I'm seeing these things in your ex and I'm like, dude, I think she's got that at least. And I'm like, right. Like also seems like a narcissist. And you were, I don't even remember how that first came up. If it was you that first said that, that word about her or me. Um, well, I remember my therapist saying it to me. Okay. Maybe. maybe Um, and I brushed it off Mm. and I said, no, she's not a narcissist because I thought narcissists were just ego driven, blah, blah, blah. And then Which I'm like, she is <laughs> right. But she was very covert with it in a way to where she would act humble and act like this humility and not, you know, she's not good enough. Like, you know, but she, she definitely is. She definitely is ego driven, which at the time, I think at that point I was more, will. I was more like, bro. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think you were of the mindset that she is. And I was just kind of like, I don't think so. And I think you just kind of let it go for a moment. I did for, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. then dad found an article about That's right. narcissism. That's what it was, yeah. And then he messaged it to you, I believe. And then you messaged it to me, like the link Maybe for it. Maybe that's how it was. Um, and you were like, you're never going to believe of all people who found this article to send you. <laughs> like, ironically enough. <laughs> yeah. And, and so- you know, you sent me over the article that dad had read because I guess you had spoken with them a little bit about what was going on and the word narcissist came up and I'm assuming he probably looked it up or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the direct domino effect of what came first, the chicken or the egg, but I know, I know eventually yeah. it got Those back pieces to- were starting to come together. Yeah. Those dots yeah. were connecting across. Yeah. Well, and then at this point too, now she had it out with me. So now she was uh, starting to target me a little bit because she was realizing I was actually supporting you. Right. And I wasn't hating you. And I was, at first she let me defend you um, to a degree. I mean, how much more broken did she want me? Oh you know? gosh, she did. I mean, yeah, she, she needed me to hate you. Um, and when she saw me not hating you and growing close and you started getting more support, like, and I think with my support, you were feeling more supported. So you're a little braver again with mm-hmm. her and that she hated that. And she mm-hmm. knew that was because of me mostly at that time. So now, then I kind of started to be her target. And then, then that was when she saw some text message that I wrote to you about her. This is at this point, I'm convinced she's crazy. Right. And I I think I was, I think I was taking screenshots of messages at that point. That's right. Because there were, yeah, there were times that I had 
you know, been late for work or something like that. Yes. And like five minutes later, I don't remember if you remember this or not, but I locked my keys in my car or I locked, I left, my keys got like stolen when I was at work. Yep. I think this I old man, yep. yeah, this <laughs> old man at my work, like my keys were on the desk, his keys were on the desk. He came into the store, he sat down, he grabbed his keys and put them in his pocket. And I'm like, look, working on his account. And then he grabbed his keys again and put them in his pocket. And I was like, wait, weren't his keys? And, and then like, you know, when I left, I was like, where the hell did my keys go? And I was like, oh my God, that old man took two sets of keys off the, off the counter. I guarantee you that's where it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so my keys were missing. I couldn't lock up the store at the time. And, um, yeah. And I got blamed for, for, you know, having an affair, going somewhere yes. on lunch and Ridiculous. probably losing my keys in someone's car or outdoor somewhere where I was effing whoever I was with that day, you know, like it turned into this whole thing about me cheating on her because my keys like legitimately just got swiped by an old man that probably had like some kind of, you know, I think I, I, I do think that he was like, you know, borderline dementia. Like he was, mm -hmm. he, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I can't be for certain, obviously, but he definitely wasn't all there. He, he told right. me he was in his like late eighties, nineties, you know? And so all of a sudden just like a, a minor, you know, molehill of a thing turned into a mountain. And I remember sending you screenshots of that. Yes. I also remember recording conversations between her and I uh -huh. that had to do with my family and what she was saying about you guys. You know, I don't know yeah. if you remember what the, the words were on that or not. Oh, I totally remember. Yeah. Yeah. Because it royally pissed me off. Yeah. What was it? I don't, I don't remember. It was just what like, she was saying about us. Yeah. Oh, and, and the audio oh. recording. Oh, in the audio recording. Um, okay. Now in the audio recording, I'm not sure. I, I do remember her saying things about us being, what was it? Like the, the, you know, ultra right wing, um, racist. Yeah. Like backwoods hillbilly. Type. Yeah. Yeah. Like backwoods hillbilly, uh, racist, stupid. Don't think for ourselves, you know, because, you know, because you're living in Texas. Just so that must be, over yeah. here. <laughs> and, and, you know, because we, most of us call ourselves Christians and, you know, where she had the whole stigma, you know, with all the stereotypes. Right. Um, she had us lumped into that. So, right. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I feel like in the annoying. messages, she was saying something about how like, my family doesn't even love me. Even your own sisters don't yes, love you. Yes, now that, and that really um, pissed me off. I mean, she would, that's when I heard her twisting my words and twisting our words, you know, yeah. and, and using that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. That's not true. Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think so, you had a so point So she to get started, to. yeah, all of that was basically then when I started, um, obviously in time they start doing it to you. Now all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know. I was suspicious, but now that's being done to me, um, yeah, I'm calling it out now. And so then at that point, she was still talking to me on the phone and faking like she was still trying, trying to make the marriage work, but she was catching on that you and I were doing more bonding. And I was starting to believe a lot of things you were saying too. And she was catching on to some of that. Um, and then at this point I was full team PJ at this point, but I didn't want to lose her because obviously I was still hoping to help somehow. Right. So I'm still at this point, even though I'm seeing who she is, 
I don't want to see her destroyed either. You know, I still cared a lot about her. I, I wanted her to get help and I wanted to see if there was anything I could do to help. So, and then she saw some, you know, she did some crap thing to you. And I responded on a text with something like, well, she's crazy. So just like, 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 don't like, let it go. She's crazy. I think we might've laughed at something. She yeah, said. it was something funny. Like, well, she's just psycho or something. I it don't was, know. I yeah. said something, then she saw it and oh, good Lord. I mean, <laughs> because it was ridiculous. Yeah. Whatever she was. Exactly. So then the that table. was it now. Yeah. So then, I mean, she, I mean, I was out of her life at that point. So the consequence of her seeing that text was we did have, she starts texting me. Um, oh, she accused me of having more than just family feelings for you oh and she that's thought right that, oh yeah yeah we had some sexual something yeah like, like she thought that <laughs> that there was some kind of underlying uh -huh. like romantic um emotions attached to us which again was another way to try to get me to isolate from you feeling yes. guilty yes. or shameful for having a relationship with my sister which was so twisted oh so I'm twisted <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh God, I was so over it at that point too. So when she, she starts coming at me in the text, you know, and so we text back and forth for a bit, me explaining to her about the text, you know, and, and then I can't remember, oh, we did have a phone call. We, I'm like, could you just talk with me about it, please? You know? And I mean, it was no, I mean, yeah, there was no, um, no willingness to work anything out. I'm not even for the sake of the boys. I'm like, you're just going to cut their aunt out. Like you're cutting off all of their family you know, because of some, you know, yeah, I did say something about you and anger. I am frustrated about this, but it doesn't mean I can't still care for you at the same time. We can't still have a relationship of some kind. Like, I understand if you're mad and hurt, I, I would be honest. I would be like, I kept giving her that benefit of the doubt, but there was no working anything out with her. And yeah. so, I mean, that's it. Punishment is you're going to be punished. If you cross her, she has no interest in resolving anything or healing any kind of relationship, not, no interest in that. It's always power position. Yeah. So she had to put herself in the power position with me. And even though it cost her boys family that loved them, you know, that she didn't care. She had to win. And she put me in my place and denied me access to her boys, cut me out of her life. Now you'll never get to see my boys. You'll never get to talk to them. I'll never let you have a relationship with them. All the while I knew it, the story was going to be, um, your aunt doesn't care about you. Your, mm -hmm. None of your aunts care about you. None of them love you. You know, all this kind of stuff, which is, you know, total bullshit. And that really pissed me off. Um, that's what I a really power move. saw. I, I, all power move. It was all about her. And I'm like, even for the sake of your boys, like you, you really don't love anybody. You really don't. Um, and so, and then I saw her using her boys all the time for all kinds of things. And so that was it. I mean, she cut me out and she cut you out. She cut you out. You know, I mean, you have no access to her after that and I have no access to the boys. So um, yeah, that uh, was that. So I wish I could cut her out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so then there, I mean, and then after that, it was just trying to support you one-sided. I didn't have, I, I had no inside track on her moves anymore. And up to that yeah. point, you know, I was pretty much team PJ those last couple months um, when she was still mm -hmm. talking with me. And I was, you know, because I saw through what she was, it, it wasn't trying to defeat her so much as I was I saw what she was and I knew there wasn't going to be any, I knew there was no hope of saving the marriage at that point. And I knew there was no hope of like, 
she didn't have a heart that I could appeal to, you know, so that my intention had to change, not because I wanted to see her defeated or destroyed, but it was what's best for the boys at this point. And how do we, how do you, how do you get out of this unscathed as much as possible and the boys as much? So I wanted her to, I still, yeah, I did want her to feel safe with me so that I could get inside her head a little bit to try to help figure out where she was at because she was so conniving and so plot you know always plotting and always doing things that that wasn't ever going to be good like so if she was going to always be plotting and conniving some kind of power move at least you would kind of have a heads up and be able to work with it you know not to take her down and destroy her but to try to do this thing is is just to to counter yeah, count- as good as we could for yeah. the boy's sake. And somebody brought that up. Collateral damage as possible. Yeah. I mean, because she's always like co-parents, 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 you know, this isn't peaceful co-parenting, you know, or she tries to use that, you know, dangling the, the kids out in front of me type thing. Um, then I heard a thing about parallel parenting to where you both are parenting side by side in your own homes. You do your thing at this point, they do their thing, but nothing really, you know, intertwines. Um, and then there was something I read about counter parenting and that's the other one, which is essentially they're getting mind fucked on one side and then you're having to counteract everything that the kids are learning. And that's pretty much, Well, that's where y'all were. That's where we still are. Like that we will forever be. I'm pretty sure I will forever be countering. She's schooling them and every, I mean, she's totally indoctrinating them as she was little and poison their minds at every juncture. I mean, it's just insane and the things that she would tell them even when we were still talking I could hear her talk to the boys you know and it broke my heart these poor boys and and it's so subtle and it's so like everything she does is minor to where if you're to call her out on it's like well what's the big deal is there something wrong you know there's there's always some kind of well it's always well he said this well PJ's done this and yeah you know yeah right I mean it, it just so bad i mean deflection never, projection like yeah, she's always I mean, deflecting it or, or there's always some kind of there was always twist. some justification for everything that she did and yeah. it's like but destroying their father's image in their mind is never and she you know she'd be the first one to say it but when called on it she always had a good reason for it and i'm like there's no good reason for destroying a father's image to the boys i mean you were not physically abusing these boys so there was no reason she wasn't saving them from anything yeah Um, there's nothing to save them from so yeah I don't know at that point then so she cut me out um so then at that point it just became doing the best I could to support you and that was hard because (laughs) that was hard for a while you were I mean I didn't know how to get out I didn't have you did I mean we went on for what another year probably just me trying to talk you into leaving yeah having the guts to get a lawyer you know um it's you gotta it's get a lawyer time it's it's cut her off from the finances time that was when i'm like dude you gotta stop giving her access she has got you by the balls on every level and you're just letting her you know as long as she has access to the finances as long as she has she's gonna drain your resources and you were so tired you were so you were just so exhausted 
psychologically, social, like you had no social supports. You were so beaten down. It was. Oh just, yeah. I had major social anxiety too. Oh like, my God. I didn't want to go out. Like you were, even, you were fear. I mean, you were afraid of, of everything. I mean, yeah. fear just had you gripped on every level. Yeah. And, um, I'm it made like, me and like that those first couple of months although like the freedom felt great there was still this you know like you said the draining yes. of the fight I forgot about how much strain oh, that was even after you got it was so extreme even after you when you got out I'm like you're physically out but you were like still going there every day yeah still allowing her to go out till 2 a.m with her friends you still weren't anywhere near getting a lawyer you weren't going to take mm-hmm. any other action i mean at all you you did not have the because energy. i was i mean i was still drained and i yeah, think that that was part drained. of her game is yeah. if, if you're exhausted and you can keep the other person mentally or emotionally exhausted disrupting their sleep patterns, disrupting yes. their train of thought, never oh, keeping yeah, them on track. Health is so crap. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And that was another thing I was trying to talk to you about, like, you know, trying to encourage you to exercise, to do mm-hmm. some things that would help, you know, that would right. lead over into those other areas in the meantime, you yeah. know, until you could get, you know, and it was just like, you had nothing. I mean, there was, there were I had no energy. Times. Yeah. yeah. There were times you're like, I think I might, you know, might try to exercise and then something would pop up, but you would get derailed real easy. You know, it was just, you were pretty fragile. Um, Super fragile. (laughs) So it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot of conversation. It was just, you were just, yeah, I just had to keep. I would just vent. I would call you. And I just had to keep pouring into you. It was just the same. I just had to keep saying the same things until you could do it. I just had to keep encouraging you. Even if you were telling me the same things over and over again, just having that line to vent to Mm -hmm. and knowing that you were like there for me and you were empathetic to everything that I was saying, it, God, like when you're saying it to me, it's like bringing me back to that point. I know, I know. And it's it's making me forget how hard it was. It was hard. Yeah. And it was long. I mean, we're not talking a couple months. I mean, we had these same conversations for two years, Yeah. you know, or maybe longer where we were still saying the same things. And there were a lot of times I'm, I'm speaking now in terms of what your audience might be experiencing. Like, how do you support a loved one? To, because it is so draining to, for the, for the person you're wanting to help to, just stay in that same place, that same empty place. And you feel like your words are going nowhere. You feel like your support isn't helping. Like you're not seeing the change. You don't, you can't measure, nothing seems measurable in a positive direction. It's like, we just keep, this is never going to get better. This is never going to change. But I, I think that's my biggest thing is like, I never really gave into that. And I will say, I, again, I think I had the luxury of distance you know, so that did help. I, you, yeah. I will say, if you're going to try to support a loved one through this, I think you have to go in with your eyes wide open and you, you're going to have to, you can't do it to make yourself feel good. It, it just has to be about the other person and, and you can't take anything personal and it, you can't need something to happen to keep you in it. 
Like I, it couldn't be about me and what I wanted to see happen. Cause yeah. I would have given up. You would have gave up a long time yeah, ago. I mean, because if you were like, well, I've told you everything. I've you told you to like, hear. I need some kind of payoff to stay in this. You know, yeah. I need you to do something or I'm not going to keep supporting you. you I know? told you you need to get a lawyer. Like, exactly. You still haven't you got gotten a lawyer. A lawyer. Yeah. So, so I'm don't you call out. me until you get a lawyer. Cause I'm right. exhausted. Like right. I just learned. And again, I just, I think the distance helped, but I think that can happen with boundaries. Like, I just think you have to, you got to be careful. I think if you're in the same town, um, the temptation is to get really caught up in their life, like being with them physically a lot. And so I don't think you can do that. I think you're going to have to put some form of distance there so that you can unplug and recognize that this isn't about you. You're a support, but none of it's about you. It has to just be about them. So wherever they're at is on it's that's, that's their choice. And you have to empower their choice by that. Don't try to be it for them, but you just keep, you can't ever get tired of making deposits. Like you have to keep depositing, but the rest of my life, I, I could keep doing it because I was getting filled. I had my own life outside of you, you know? Yeah. So then I could be there for you endlessly. And I didn't need anything from you. I didn't yeah. even need you to get it. I didn't need you to get, a, I didn't need you to get any of it, but I was going to stay on you for your sake. Right. you know, and keep saying it. But if I had done it because I needed to feel good about myself or needed some payoff or whatever, if I had been too invested and made it about me, it would have got met real messy real fast, you know, and I wouldn't have been able to stay in there with you. So yeah. that would be one of the big things I was thinking about for your audience is like, you have got to rid yourself and be honest with yourself and check yourself regularly and go, is any of, am I making any of this about me? And if you are, you're going to be more of a problem than a help. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you cut out or not. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I mean, I haven't really thought about it from that perspective, you know, because I wasn't living it. So I think that that's really, really, really good advice. Like I well, learned you were something. You always worried that. about draining me. Yeah. I was constantly apologizing. And I could honestly say to you, you're not because I'm choosing to not make this about me. I, I don't need anything from you. And you weren't used to that. Yeah. And it took you a long time to actually believe that. Yeah. I but needed, I needed like, it was like, I was a baby all over again and having to like build my confidence up, having to build my self-esteem up and build like everything back up to like, yeah. you know, like I just needed to be coddled for Yes. Hours upon hours upon hours of just like yeah. all the things that I was never able to get anybody to really believe. And if they, yes. if I did vent to people about it, I don't feel like they really believed it. It was just like, no, maybe, you know, or, or it would be like, well, if it takes two to fight, it takes, it's a two-way street. Well, right. it's a two-way street and all these, all these typical things that you hear as a, as an mm -hmm. abuse survivor or whatever it is, or, you know, even things like, man, if I was in that position, I'd never put up with that shit. Like, you know, that's so demoralizing to feel like basically saying like, you're weak, you know, I'm stronger than you. Like there's so many different things that are so like easily triggered inside mm -hmm. of you when you're going through that. And I'm still dealing with a lot of, a lot of, yeah. Lot. So <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, and I think that was what I kept after every phone call. I mean, you know, like, so my, my husband would, you know, Neil would be like, 
you know, so how's your brother? I'm like, same, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, same. Are you, like, even he would be like, don't you get tired of, I'm like, it's where he's at. Like, I don't think he'll be there forever, yeah. but wherever he's at is wherever he's at. It doesn't yeah. do any good to try to move something, somebody too far beyond what they're they have the capacity for. And I just knew that. And I'm like, you know, this is a healing phase. So it may not be a phase of action, but I'm going to keep saying it to him until he's ready. Right. But, but I'm also going to let sit with him in the messy healing too. And just sit in it. However long it takes is however long it takes. We don't get to decide what that is. You know, you and remember when, <laughs> sorry do you remember when i i was home alone and i discovered the pictures <laughs> oh the my gosh yes <laughs> oh yeah those were awesome <laughs> that was that was so therapeutic kind of it was and, you know, we just laughed and like oh my gosh i felt i felt like so <laughs> Like there was a part of me that wanted to say it to you and I felt guilty for saying it. I was like, is this bad? Should I say this? Should I not say this? Um, and then I was just kind of like, do you think I should look on her computer on Google photos? I'm I like, feel hell like yeah, you should. <laughs> 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 because it had also been drilled into my head about like, Oh, privacy, privacy, privacy. Oh privacy. my gosh, you were so, and I'm like, what the heck? She forfeited that a long time ago. Like y'all are married. Yeah. Bro. I mean, like what she looked into my stuff all the time. Well, all the time. And we knew she was cheating. So I'm like, no, as far as I'm concerned, she broke that contract. Like yeah. all is not sacred anymore when you like, no. Yeah. 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 And then, so <laughs> you gave me the... so guilty the whole time. You're like nervous and yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I should do this. Oh and then my, I did. Oh and I'm like, gosh, and then I was just kind of like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you were just like, what, what, what? I'm like, yep. Yep. I know. <laughs> yep, <laughs> what is it? Yep. Tell me, tell me. And then I found the screenshots of text messages between guys. I still um, have all that on my. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Just in case. I know. I can't wait for it to be over. Then I can delete it all. I know. I have it just in case too. I have it in a my separate. My favorite is the uh, the naked women in the woods, though. Like that's. Oh yeah, that was a random one. My favorite. I haven't even <laughs> talked about that on the podcast, but yeah, there was. Yeah, just random naked women in a bathtub. The rituals, yeah. And the rituals, naked. Yeah. You know, naked witchy. Rituals. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, what what's what's funny to me was uh, sorry we're getting way sidetracked here, but her bathtub pictures like for real always oh my gosh the bathtub and the pedals like i can't even just the pedals and the bathtub over all and the time. over and over i'm like this isn't very creative it's the same thing over and over yeah it yeah. was hilarious though yeah she's she's evolved now onto more and more things and you know oh, I'm I, sure. i've kind of been keeping tabs on her because of the fact that she's been all over me about third parties and covid and everything else uh, and yes you know she's a unvaccinated person which um is surprising and not surprising at exactly. the same time it seems a little bit contradictory with her yeah. viewpoints but then not when you know her it's right like, yeah it's it's weird yeah i definitely think that there's definitely some form of control and i was gonna say i think it all comes down to power for her I yeah mean, it's very little ever about actual science or safety or any of that it's always about power for her yep Yep. And whatever she feels is the best. And then everyone else is going to follow suit. And then, you know, yeah. she's going to brainwash the kids into feeling the same way. 
but um what was i saying i was saying something before that i don't even remember the night that you found the pictures and you were feeling guilty and then do you oh yeah no i just i just <laughs> i mean that was pretty much the turning point i just remember oh like, yeah that was huge that was that made my life easier yeah yeah because <laughs> at that point i mean that was that was it that was the smoking gun oh, in my mind so great i'm like you know? oh i saw you got a lot braver after that yeah yeah and i think i kept it inside not that long i yeah. planned on keeping it inside a little bit longer but then i had a a golden opportunity with that apartment that I ended up moving into. And it was just kind of like the guy offered it to me. And that night I was there. Like, or else it was the next day. I think it was the next day. The next day I like called him. I'm like, I'm moving it. Like, you know, like that's how long it took me, like less than 24 hours from when he offered me the apartment to like me being like, yeah, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I've been waiting for an opportunity like this for months. Like I'm taking it. Like, because yeah. <laughs> every other time I tried to escape, it was like way out in the country or way like isolated yeah. when I had already been isolated for so long. And this one was like a little hot spot downtown. I didn't have to socialize with people, but I could at least look out my window and see that like, you know, there are normally functioning people just walking around versus just like staring at deer, um, which can also be, <laughs> you know, very soothing in certain ways. But I think for me, I needed some hustle and bustle, something yeah, to did. keep my mind distracted. You, you need um, life happening around you. Yeah. Yeah. You had no life. No life for yeah. years. Yeah. I had no life. Yeah. And then to move out to a place, you know, try to escape once when I got out for like three months, you know, but it was just out in the country. And then the guy turned out to be like, you know, an alcoholic or, you know, at least a high functioning alcoholic. Uh, I love that she always tried to blame me for being an alcoholic. I'm sure she said that to you too at some you know, point. I don't know if she did. I, I feel like that was, I don't remember her ever saying anything to us about that. That was our yeah. own theory. And she used yeah. to say it to me. Hmm. Like if I had like, if I'd buy a six pack that would last me like Oh yeah, week. you told me about, I remember you telling me that she did that, which I, yeah. Okay. So early on before, when I was, you know, still more talking to her, you know, and had the world pulled over my eyes. I, I think maybe even when you would say that, I, I probably even thought, well, yeah, she's right to be concerned about that kind of a thing, you know, yeah. with, you know, and I think that in the beginning, I think you were drinking a lot um, because. Like when I first met her? Yes. Well, yeah. it was a bartender in Vegas. You were yeah. super young and, and all. <laughs> well, but then also, I, I mean, was young. just the whole way she, I mean, she trapped you from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were super trapped right from the beginning and you yep. were already kind of partying a lot. And so like, of course it makes sense that you drank a lot. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. I bartended and yeah, exactly. It was your career too. Or played guess, in like a metal band, you know? Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah exactly. It kind of all went with the territory. Right. So it was really easy for us to believe and right. to see that it looked like, well, yeah, that's, probably what's happening here you're checked out and you're a you're a functioning alcoholic you yeah. must be because you seem so checked out every time we saw you and the one time we were with you in person was at y'all's wedding and it did seem like y'all were you you had vodka quite a bit um and that was at, a, at an event though you know it was a big it was event. A wedding yeah yeah your wedding and oh then the next that day I was a nightmare the yeah. whole thing was a nightmare so i'm like looking back 
I would be vodka out too. I mean, yeah. if I could from, I would have a steady drip knowing what I know now. Yeah. I mean, all that was happening, nightmare. all that was happening during that whole time was her whispering oh, things in my awful. ear, like control, control, control. Like when, when is the music going to start? Go get the music, go get the best man. Where's the bride's Where's this? Where's that? Like, it was just constantly like, I was her gopher. I was just her bitch. Yeah. And I was just like, someone that was there but like you know and even the location I mean the location was beautiful like it could have been a really nice wedding like it was at the beach like at this beautiful like beach house location like you know like yeah you know I mean and it it was you know very small and intimate and it was just ruined by someone who just you know and then we go back to the bedroom and she's just complaining to me about, you know, the wedding gifts that were given and stuff like that. It was just like, I know this person makes X amount of dollars and why would they only give me this much money and blah, blah, blah. You know, it was just, there was just constant complaining the entire night. And yeah, I, I definitely needed a steady drip that night. And then, <laughs> and then the next day too, you know, then I got a concussion. We're out there tubing the next day. Oh, I don't think I knew about that. Yeah, I got kneed in the head by my friend that was from Louisiana, Carl. Uh, I remember Carl. Yeah, yeah. Dad and Rachel were on the boat. Oh. And and he video he videotaped it, but you know, we had one of those big, you know, the big three-person tubes. Do you remember that tube? Yeah, we were he was he was in the middle and we were going really fast and the whole thing went like straight up and like the where our heads were hit the water. And the whole thing just kind of bowed in and he just let go and his knee cracked me right behind the ear. Oh, dang. And we were going like, we had to have been going like 30 miles an hour. Oh my God. And I was just shot. And then of course we get back and she's like, oh my God, could you not get a concussion the day after we get married? Like, Oh yeah. You were blamed for, I mean, it was everything. She was, oh my gosh, she was, we, of course we just were like, yeah, she's, uh, she's kind of crazy. She's going, she's, gonna, she's going, but she, it's her wedding, you know, it's her yeah. wedding. It's a wedding she's been wanting forever and whatever. whatever. She was so happy to have you guys at that point. Cause she's like, Oh, I have sisters. They so, love oh, yeah. me. Yeah. And we were all about it too. And we were, I mean, I think we looked at hoping she would be the bridge to repairing our relationship with you as well. And in, and, and in a form or fashion, she kind of was. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thank you. There is that. Not, for not the really, not really the way she <laughs> thought it would uh, work out for her, but I mean, uh, looking at it, it's just, I mean, it's just crazy to, to, I don't know, that's probably a subject for another time, but yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's, that's kind of, I don't know if there's really anything else that you wanted to touch on or not. I don't know what your, you know, your audience is looking for and what situations they're in. I would just say, you know, you're just going to have to be careful with boundaries. Make sure that it's not motivated by anything that you need. Don't, you know, you can't need to be the person's savior or the person's fix. Which I think is hard as a, like a mother's, like a mother's son type situation. Extremely hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be different. And it would have been harder for me. But I just, I, I mean, the, yeah, it doesn't matter how hard that is. You have to do it yeah. for their sake. You have to, you have, you have to take yourself out of the equation. No matter how hard it is, you have to, because you won't be able to give 
good care otherwise and you will get drained and that's not good for them you know so if you're going to be able to 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 stick it out and i mean these these relationships often last lifetimes these these the narcissist depending on what the story is most of them seem to be part of the person's life forever they've had kids or been married i mean right you know you're gonna have to make it through the long haul and you can't allow yourself to get exhausted for their sakes. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I've only got what a few more years <laughs> <laughs> until they're 18. Yeah. Well, 21, I think. Right. My other, is... That's what all my friends are. The countdown is till the youngest is 18. That's their mm-hmm. countdown with their narcissist too. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what questions your audience like what scenarios if you know how do you support I think I think I think that that's pretty good advice I think if if anybody has any questions for me I could always Mm -hmm. you know we could always run it back again I mean there's you know we talked for hours upon hours literally every night for months I'm sure that there's plenty of things that we could discuss further on the topic if we needed to if you even want to I mean yeah. I think, I think it's going to be super helpful. helpful. For sure. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's helpful, I'm willing to. And of course I always like talking to you. So I'm exactly. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I think that our conversations flow pretty, pretty easily. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I also kind of sometimes get lost in thought on my podcast. So, I mean, sometimes I just kind of like, I feel like it's rambling and then people will reach out to me and be like, no, it was all actually really useful information you're not really rambling, but in my mind, I still feel like I'm rambling. So I'm sure that there's some deep seated things from, you know, previous relationship. Yeah. Well, you're probably like me where I'm a linguistic processor. So I have to use my words and I have to use a lot of words and people get annoyed when they're listening because they don't need all the words, but I do to get to the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That sounds way better than a rambler. I'm, I'm a linguistic processor. You're welcome. I'm not just a rambler. You're welcome. <laughs> it's my strength. It's my psychological strength. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Hang, if you can't hang with it, then maybe you need to go <laughs> develop your linguistic uh, processing skills. It's not me. It's you. Oh Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to let you go. Okay. Um, I'm sure you don't want to spend your entire holiday talking to me on here, but I, I forgot this was a holiday when we scheduled it. I did too. I did too. I totally did. And then I was That's like, funny. oh wait, yeah, well, it's still works for me. So yeah, me too. I don't know what tomorrow's <laughs> going to bring or what the next day is going to bring, but yeah, thank you. True, right? I might have you on again, just because, you know, you do add a different perspective if you are open to it. Of course. So yeah. All right. Love you. Love you too. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.